Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. Welcome to Connections. I'm Colleen Hood with Mike Tom. Today's guest is helping parents to exchange angry reactions for gentle biblical responses. We're joined by Wendy Speak. She says that the knee-jerk reactions and blow-ups that we face are often as a result of a bigger set of triggers. Today, she's helping us to identify those triggers, and she's helping to offer some biblical insight and practical tools to equip and to encourage us on our journey from anger-filled reaction toward gentle biblical responses. Today on Connections, she'll share a little bit about her own personal journey with her children, and she'll share about her book, Triggers. We're joined today by Wendy Speak. She's a wife, a mother, a speaker, and co-author of a number of parenting books. Now, we're going to get around to that coming up in a little bit. She's also the author of a couple of devotionals, including the 40-Day Social Media Fast. Last time we talked to you, Wendy, you were in the middle of that social media fast, though. How did it go? Oh, it went really well for me personally. And I've heard from, uh, you know, it's so different than when we're doing the 40-day sugar fast because I get immediate uh, feedback from people. But in the social media fast, they have me leading through via the book, you know, 40 40 days Um with them, but not me available on social media because that's the social media fast. Um, but I just assume that everyone's having a wonderful experience because I am, because I'm so disconnected that I can actually connect in meaningful ways uh, with the people in my home and with the Lord. And it's a very quiet, very restful time. Have you continued that um, social media fast? You know, though it's a 40-day social media fast, mine went uh, over 50 days, uh, but I am back online now and uh, doing what it is I do, which is attempting to, uh, you know, be a blessing, be a light online, but not as much. And I think that every time I log off for 40 days, I come back um, with better boundaries and a better sense of uh, where my life is to be lived first and foremost. Now we're going to change gears a little bit. You're also the author of a book called Triggers, Exchanging Parents' Angry Reactions for Gentle Biblical Responses. Now, this is a book that we all need as we deal with in many places, third lockdowns, fourth lockdowns, Um, and we have our children at home a little more regularly than we're used to. Tell us a little bit about Triggers and why you decided to put this book together. Right. This was actually the first book that I wrote, and I wrote it with my writing partner, Amber Leah. We were both writing for a website at the time that um, focused on moms of boys. And uh, the woman who ran the website sent a message out to all of the all of the writers and said, I get letters every day from parents who are struggling with anger. Could we start a, a small Facebook group that would encourage them? So Amber, um, who was raised in a, I would say, an explosive home, said, I know a thing or two about that. Yes, I will. But she started it on on day one, day two, just thousands of people started um, flooding into this, this online space. And she said, help, I need some help. So I said, listen, I wasn't raised in that home. But then I had my third child and it's like something broke. My coping mechanisms broke. (laughs) And so this person that I didn't know in me and I didn't know as a, as a model for me, whether my, my parents or my grandparents came out of me, I said, so I'm coming, (laughs) I'm coming into this, this experience as surprised as anybody else in our home when out of my mouth comes loud, angry, um, nagging and uh, put downs. And so we started that group. 
And what we did was we just, we talked about scenarios in our own home and how to respond right instead of wrong. Because when our kids do wrong, the tendency is to join them in the wrong behavior, thinking if we're bigger and we're stronger and we're louder, we can, uh, you know, force them into submission. I love it that I hear a male voice go, yes, you know, (laughs) that's, that's true. I'm the authority. And so if I'm authoritarian enough, then behavior will start to change. And really it only does the opposite. It makes it a more combative um, environment. But when we start turning our attention to two things, one pinpointing when those actual triggers occur, because oftentimes we're surprised, right? We get to the end of the night. I can't believe I blew it again. And we feel shame and we we feel regret, uh, guilt. But if we look back and we just, you know, calm down, sit down and, and maybe even jot down what are those common triggers? We'll see that they really are recurring. And once we can pinpoint our triggers, we can start crafting better responses so that we're not taken by surprise. But the other thing we did in that group and we do in the book triggers is we start turning to God's word and we say, God, how do you parent me when I'm disrespectful? How do you parent me when I'm sassy and stiff necked? Um, (laughs) And, and that's really where we start getting our gentle biblical responses so that in those times when we're not triggered, we can get together with our spouse and say, how do we want to parent on the same page and respond when they're offended that we're taking away their phone, when they're offended that we're upset that they're getting out of bed for the umpteenth time tonight, when they're offended and want to be combative um, because we've told them they have to eat their broccoli. And so they're really common triggers, and yet they can be our undoing. How do we get our mindset changed? How do, where, where do we start? Because I'm, yeah, I need to learn yeah. <laughs> myself. Well, I'm at the start of this yes. all. Yes, that's right. And what a wonderful place to begin is at the start, because I'm sure you have lots of listeners who are 15, 16, 18, 20 something years into parenting saying, why didn't we have this conversation all those years ago? So um, wherever you are, it's not too late uh, to really embrace the sanctification process that we're all in as Christians. But in this area of our lives to say, God, I want to be more like you in the way that I respond to my children. And I'm going to trust that it's not too late because your word says, behold, I'm doing something new. And we know that there's a promise that he, he really brings to completion what he starts. So if you're starting this 18 years into parenting or 18 months into parenting, pinpointing those triggers and bringing them to the Lord and saying, God, I don't want to respond like me. I want to respond like you. I I love the term knee-jerk reactions because that's often what it feels like. But I love that. I'm going to call it a root word. I love the root word of knee-jerk, which is we can act like real jerks. And back to that idea that if we're bigger and if we're stronger and if we're louder, it's going to do something when really like Christ, when we get softer and we get humbler and we come beside those that we're leading and we model it. And we invite them into it. Um, I'm reminded of Deuteronomy 11. So often we're, we're hammering our kids with the, if you obey me, it'll go well with you. Just obey me. And we see in this passage that God starts that section by saying, I'm not speaking to your sons. I'm not speaking to your kids. They weren't there when I performed all these miracles. 
You were in the wilderness. You saw me work mighty deeds. So you honor me. You obey me. And he talks about this, this message of obedience to us as parents. Basically, he's calling us into maturity before he ever says, now let's try to bring your kids out of immaturity and up into maturity. And at the, only at the very end of that passage does he start saying, and then you'll lead your children. And then if they honor you, it'll go well for them. And I think so often we're, we're exasperated and we're exhausted by our children's immaturity that what we do is we join them in the immaturity. <laughs> I'll say yes again. <laughs> it's really hard though, right? That reaction just jumps up out of you. I was thinking as you were talking, like, I wish Jesus was a parent. So we have his example, but we know what his example was, right? Gentle yes. and humble and, and meek. And I mean, he was quick yeah. to forgive the worst of the worst that came against him. Yes. And also remembering that Jesus, while fully man, was also fully God the Father. And so he does lead us. Um, really beautifully by example, if we read through the Old Testament, um, whether whether you're in Jeremiah or Isaiah or in Exodus, over and over, that's why I use that term stiff-necked. I mean, the example of Israel yeah. really is the child, and the example of God the Father really is our example of a father. But, um, you know, to get very practical, I'm going to say this again, I, and really, if you're listening right now, rather whether on the on the radio or through the podcast, I would encourage you to immediately after this show, just jot down, I'm going to say three of your triggers and your triggers might be, you know, rolling eyes, whining, complaining, um, saying they did their homework, but they didn't, um, getting out of bed again, uh, and again, and again, and again. <laughs> so if you can say, these are the, these are the two or three things that really set me off. Then I want to encourage you to figure out what you mean to say in those moments before you say something mean, because when you can start pinpointing your triggers, you can start crafting better responses because usually they do come out in those knee jerk moments. And so let's take a moment to be prepared to respond right when they do wrong. One of the things I've found is helping is, yeah, thinking ahead and preparing for the next time the problem comes, like you're saying, right? And uh, for instance, our four-year-old has been getting out of bed nonstop lately and super late at night, which for me is 9.30 p.m., right? I need to be asleep <laughs> by 8, 8, 8 p.m. because I get up so early yeah. for work. But she keeps coming in and in and in. And it was just driving me nuts the other night. I did keep my cool. And then yesterday, what I did was when she got up in the morning, I started talking about that evening's bedtime. And I was like, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a treat. We're going to read a story together. I'm going to get you a new stuffed animal that you can cuddle in your bed because you're lonely. And, and realize, like, we just moved home. So it's new. It's different for her. So there's a bunch of stuff going on in her little head. And that really helped me keep my cool doing that. And it seemed to work last night. So that's a great example. And, you know, and it might work for a while. And and maybe it's another sit down, uh, you know, if it stops working, saying, do you remember how we made this plan? We're going to go back to that, you know, and it's being prepared to have those conversations and do the same thing because I've found that um, so often we will 
have a good plan. And then when it stops working, we'll do something totally different. And then we'll threaten and then we'll offer a reward and then we'll climb in bed and fall asleep with them. And there's no consistency. And the only thing we're consistent at is, is maybe being inconsistent. Um, I have, I have the, um, I call them parenting scripts. And I, I love looking to the scriptures to kind of influence what it is I'm saying, because so often I've seen in my own life and I've heard from so many parents that, you know, we say the wrong thing. We know we do. And that's where the guilt comes from. But um, my parenting script, when my, it was, it was my oldest child. Um, he really was never satisfied with bedtime. And that's really, he was never content. No matter what I did, no matter how much, how many stories I read, how many back tickles I gave, how many songs, how many blessings, like there was still coming out and there was still asking for more. And the thing he didn't get was like, it was his undoing, which would be my undoing. And um, so one night I came to his door and he had a big boy bed. He was, he was the oldest. He was about seven years old. And I opened up that door and I said, Caleb, before I cross the threshold into your room, I want you to tell me three things I did for you today that were awesome. Like, I mean, I nailed it as a mom. <laughs> and he said, well, you took me to the park. Uh, you picked up Cooper and he got to come. And then you... I don't remember what the third one was, but I, I, you know, I pumped my fist and I said, yes, I killed it as a mom. That's awesome. Okay. Now, before I come in, I want you to tell me three things that I can do for you as I tuck you into bed that would make you feel so loved. It'd just be the best way to wrap up your day. But then after that, I'm going to leave and you're not going to come out because you're, you're going to be so, you know, content with all the wonderful things from today. And so he said, well, I'd like a back tickle and a story. And would you sing my blessing? So I came into the room. I crawled in bed. I, I tickled his back and I made up a story. And then I sang his blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And I gave him a hug and I said, that was such a good day. And it was such a good t- tuck in. Your heart is so full. You're not going to come out again. And he didn't. And I just remember going, oh, my word, that worked. <laughs> and it worked 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 for many nights in a row until it didn't work. And like you, instead of losing it, I had to take a moment that was not in a moment of conflict. And if you're married, then you probably know this. When, you're, when your spouse does something that annoys you and you're really worked up about it is not the best time to bring up the problem, right? Your amygdala's <laughs> out of control, hers is too. And so you find a time where everyone's calm and feels loved and safe and say, you know, we've had a long string of wonderful tuck-ins together. But last night and the night before, it's like we went back to when you were a little person Let's make sure we go back to our, our rhythm of remembering what was so wonderful about the day and choosing a couple special things for tuck-in, and then you need to stay in. Um, do we have a deal? And, and we've got a plan in place. And that was a really wordy example, but I try to also craft parenting scripts that are um, pithy and memorable uh like and they can be funny at the at the dinner table once your bottom's in the chair it does not get in the air and so that we don't find ourselves lecturing and lecturing and lecturing because they tune us out but just what are those things that they remember or when they come and they they're complaining about their sibling doing wrong my parenting script is 
I know that your sibling probably did wrong, but I want to talk about you. What can you do right when they do wrong? Or maybe the statement is, you do you. They might have done wrong, but you can do right. Um, So we're still having the same problems, but we're prepared. So even if we're triggered, we've trained ourselves to say things that are beneficial, that are modeling maturity rather than joining them in immaturity. And when all is said and done, this is benefiting everyone. It benefits the child. It benefits the parents. And in the end, as a whole, as a family, it benefits everybody and just turns into a beautiful, loving relationship. And I would say it has the power to benefit generations because so much of this stuff. And I just want to take a moment um, just telling the parents that are listening that or grandparents that might be tuning in that have you know, you're you're carrying old wounds and I'm sorry um, about that, but there's a, there's a saying that says hurt people, hurt people. And I just, I I know that that's, that's true. And so we want to start responding, not from our old wounds, but is it possible that we can start responding to our kids from Jesus's wounds, Jesus's wounds heal our wounds inflict more pain. And so the more time we can spend recognizing that God has already done a complete redemptive work in our life. He came to heal what was broken in us. And as a result of what was maybe even done to us, we can start healing in a way that brings healing to our families. Was there anything that surprised you as you were writing this book or any like big aha moments for yourself? Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the first was the power of pinpointing those recurring triggers. Like I said, so often we're surprised, like out it comes again, all the crud we throw on our kids verbally or the look on our face. And we're surprised because we love them so much. But when we sit down and we slow down and we, we really work to pinpoint, maybe even jot down those recurring triggers, we can see that we shouldn't be surprised. It's the same behavior day after day. And if we can pinpoint it, then we can go the next step and figure out what we mean to say before we say something mean yet again. That was the first one. And then the second was just that there's a scripture that says that God has given us everything we need for life and godliness. And I think that uh, with those triggers, we really lack, (laughs) we lack godliness in our responses towards our children. And if he's promised us that he's given us everything we need, then I think we can take him at his word and um, and let him come into these places and really train us to train them in the way they should go. That, that scripture, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're older, they're not apart from it. I think so often we get weary, we get burnt out, and we stop training them in the way they should go. And we start berating them for going the wrong way yet again. And so just taking God at his word, he's given us what we need for life and godliness. My life entails parenting right now and a whole lot of it morning till night. Um, So I'm going to do the work of training them and continuing to train them and be long suffering in that training rather than give up and start blaming and shaming and berating them for not having learned um, how to behave right yet. 
for parents out there that are saying, oh, I really need to learn. How can they go about picking up your book? Triggers, exchanging parents, angry reactions for gentle biblical responses. Yeah, really the best way to get it is to grab it on Amazon um, and you'll have it, you know, in two days. <laughs> and I would say if you if you know, yeah, there are some areas that you really lose it or, or you just feel angry and you know your face shows it. This really takes you deep into um, the example of the way that God parents us. And what is what does God's word have to speak into these areas of our lives? It's broken down into 31 common triggers. Half of them are really our children's behavior. And half of them have to do more with what's going on with us. We're exhausted. Maybe your spouse is traveling for work constantly and you're parenting on your own. Maybe it's postpartum depression. Um, but they're short, consumable chapters because in this season... For goodness sakes, nobody has time for the Iliad right now. So um, they're really glorified blog posts. But I would say if you go to bed every night feeling shame and remorse, there's also the triggers study guide and it gives you some more scriptures and it asks some questions. And I see that study guide really as an accountability partner to say, God, I don't want to feel Uh, convicted anymore. What I want is to be transformed. And it just takes you a little bit deeper and it helps you to pinpoint the struggle and the right responses. And maybe even go one step further and invite your spouse or a safe friend to go through this with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, I love being here. Thank you. And thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.